You are listening to Locked On Eagles. What's going on, everybody? This is Louis DiBiase. This Monday edition of the show kicking off our final preseason week. And joining me in studio today is one of my co-hosts. It's Lars Lewis. Lars, as I just said, one final week of preseason. And then uh, the Redskins just named Case Keenum the starter for week one against the Eagles in just a couple Sundays. we got one week of preseason left to get through. And we've made it, buddy. We've gotten through the summer. Football season is here. This is child's play. Like, really? Case Keenum? This is what you got? Remember what happened last time Case Keenum played the Eagles? Uh, yeah, it didn't end well for him, and it didn't end well for those people that believed that they can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so, I got a bone to pick with preseason. Okay. It is too long, and I know that I'm preaching <laughs> to the millions of others that say this choir. throughout the country. However, there is a topic that I want to bring up really quick. Mm-hmm. With the with now the application of joint practices, I think eventually it is going to start replacing preseason games with these joint practices. Um, I agree. I, me and uh, Matthew Stevens actually of the Ravens Wire last week brought up this exact topic because Doug Peterson mentioned it specifically how much they use joint practices and really rely on that to get guys ready. Because it's basically the same thing, and the best part is there's very there's a much slimmer chance that somebody gets hurt during these practices than it is actually doing a game. We've been calling for the preseason to be reduced for you know decades now at this point. So to have another avenue to get ready should encourage it even more. And look, even there's this new proposal by the NFL to, and the, I guess the players and the owners like the idea of expanding the playoffs by an extra seed per conference. So going to a 14-team playoffs instead of 12, it would add an extra game of revenue and you reduce the pre the preseason to two weeks. So for me, that's a great idea to do it. Uh, for now, though, we got one more game here. A lot of Eagles players on the fringe, right? Who's going to be that sixth wide receiver if they do keep one? Greg Ward Jr., Mark and Michelle, Carlton Agadosi. On the running back front, Wendell Smallwood versus Josh Adams versus Boston Scott continues. And I think that week four is going to be a huge it indication. It always is for the, for the bubble guys. And because... I know that's it's fairly common knowledge for the for the hardcore fans like us, but I think now with adding the caveat of Josh McCown joining the Eagles, he is going to if he if he does play, he's going to feature a lot of these guys. Well, he did see that for JJ Arthago Whiteside yeah. last week, and I feel like if he plays for most of the game for the fourth game, which I think is, it'll be a lot of Clayton Thorson. Yeah, I, I think they'll play they'll play McCown for like. Maybe half of the first quarter, or even the first quarter itself, and then I wonder Thorson if they'll even the play him. Three. I feel like they've seen enough. Maybe they'll just you know put Cody Kessler in there for the first half and Clayton Thorson. I wouldn't even play Cody Kessler at all for me because I know he's not making this team. That I want to see what I have in Thorson still, a fifth round rookie, and you know because Thorson he shows plays some, the whole game. Yeah, I would maybe play Clayton Thorson the whole game to be honest. I saw enough from Josh McCown to know if they need him this year that they've got a really solid quality backup because, Lars, we don't even know if Nate Sudfeld is going to be here. And we'll get into the Sudfeld part of it. Mm. But, oh, yeah, we're going to get well, into that. I think that. I know don't what worry. you're doing. So the oh, AFC boy. South took a huge blow this weekend, both the Texans and the Colts. The Texans first lose their starting running back, Lamar Miller, to a torn ACL. He is out for the season. And the Indianapolis Colts, though, the biggest, the, the bigger story and one of the biggest sports stories of this decade and of this the century, really, of the 21st century, these past 19 years, Andrew Luck announced his retirement 
So, of course, you know we're going to get into Sudfeld. Would the Colts consider it? Would the Eagles consider it? Can the Eagles help the Houston Texans? But right now, Lars, we just got to get our initial reactions in because this is a massive NFL story that, you know, this is going to be instantly when, when Luck announces retirement, the first thing that popped into my head was this is going to be the next what could have been documentary, right? With Barry Sanders, with, you know, you look at even basketball with the the Orlando Magic documentary of what if Shaq and Penny stayed together and the Oklahoma City Thunder now. And, you know, again, with the NFL, there's players that retired early. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. Uh, Jim Brown. Am I missing Jim Brown? Exactly. Gail so, Sayers. Gail Sayers. You know, there's a lot of these players that you think, man, if they just kept going, if they were in a different situation, what a completely different story it could have been. And they were these generational talents. And that was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck coming out of Stanford was the best quarterback prospect the NFL had seen in decades. Maybe Since another Stanford yeah, quarterback. Maybe since another Stanford guy in John Elway. It, he was that unique, and he instantly showed that he was going to be that in the NFL. Took the Colts to the playoffs the first year after what? They finished 2-14? Yep. and 14. Led an incredible comeback year two against the Kansas City Chiefs. He eventually takes that next step. He gets them to the AFC Championship game consistently in contention he was exactly he is the perfect guy when you're saying just get the quarterback position right first and let the rest play itself out he was the franchise when, guy yeah when you're talking about why a quarterback is the most important position in sports and how they can carry how they can despite the talent around them they can elevate the team andrew luck was a perfect example the problem though lars was he had to do that throughout the majority of his career with the colts and that was the problem i had yesterday and I want to get your initial reactions. The fans booing him in Indianapolis. For me, I took, look, I get it. It's going to be heartbreaking. If the Eagles had to deal with Carson Wentz retiring after, let's say, another back injury, another torn ACL, say he decided to tear his ACL. Devastating. This is a team that is in a, a window of championship contention that can be blown open thanks to him, much like the Colts. They were just getting there. They finally had a roster intact to make them an AFC powerhouse with Andrew Luck at the helm and Frank Reich at head coach. It would be devastating, especially just a couple weeks before the season. But to not understand the physical, and they can't understand. They cannot understand possibly the rehab, the, the mental and physical toll that man had to go through to carry that corpse of a roster for seven years. Carry that roster. You want to boo somebody? Boo Ryan Grigson. Boo the organization. He was hit more than any quarterback year after year. That was the worst offensive line ever. They ruined the best quarterback prospect we have seen in decades. You got to boo somebody? Boo the people that gave him nothing to work with instead of the guy that carried the reason he is retiring is because of all the injuries because of him carrying you. So it's it's like this. It's If Lars, if you were the head of a company and you just had no supporting staff around you, and yet you're leading this company to great numbers month after month, and eventually, after a long period of time, you are mentally worn down. You want your health long-term to be a priority. You have a wife. You have a life outside of this job that you need to think about. And after carrying this production for year after year after year, they boo you for finally saying, I can't do it anymore. The mental and physical toll is just too much. It's funny you mention that. I know it's not, shall we say, year after year after year, but actually I've personally experienced that 
And I know that. I, I feel like most people I know can... what it's like. And, and a lot of people who have been, whether it be not just athletics, but in business or even like in, in work life, if you're working construction or if you're a foreman or if you're someone that has to take on all of these responsibilities and yet you're the one that gets crapped on at the end when you decide that I've had enough. It's unfair. It's just it's, it's, it's yeah, too unfair. I, I want to give you a list of what Andrew went, Andrew Luck went through the last six seasons, Mm -hmm. a torn cartilage in two ribs, partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney that left him urinating blood, at least one concussion, a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder that kept him out an entire year, and a mysterious calf and ankle issue throughout this year. It's like, how could you not be understanding when he goes through all of that after what he did for that organization? Because, think of it this way, and no, I am not calling out Every sports fan. I am not calling out Eagles fans or whatever. But athletes are humans. They're just like all of us. Just because they get paid more than us to do what they do and they have an opportunity to walk away from something doesn't mean you should chastise them for making such a decision. Especially when someone like Andrew Luck, who was given everything to this organization, He's given he his body physically, he's giving it emotionally, he gave everything to them. And they didn't give anything back to him. Until it was too late. Until, That's the thing. But, yeah, by that time they he didn't want Grigson to play They kept Grigson so long, and he refused to add offensive line talent. It broke that quarterback. And despite him being broken for years, he still was carrying you. I understand... Because now they do have a good defense, Lars. They have a great head coach. They have weapons all around Andrew Luck and Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle and Marlon Mack and Naeem Himes and Quentin Nelson up front on the off. Like, they have an offensive line now, finally. So I get the devastation if you're a Colts fan. But I wish they would have had enough in the moment. They would have had enough I don't know, a, a more clear mindset and more of an understanding of what Luck went through to not boo the player that has carried, literally carried you until he physically and mentally couldn't do it anymore. And you know, you saw that press conference, how devastated Luck was, how hard of a decision that was for him. So for me, it's just the booing was... I Anyone Tasteless. that was defending it on Twitter today wrong. was just wrong, if you ask me. And the other disappointing thing was a lot of media members that took this story as an opportunity to throw out takes at the wall, saw, see what could stick, what can fire up people to get clicks. You know, D- Doug Gottlieb, a-, a bunch of these national guys that are trying to go after Andrew Luck. Here again, listen to some of these numbers, what Ryan Grigson did to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was pressured 16 times per game under Ryan Grigson's watch as the Colts general manager. That was the most in the NFL, and he was hit more than any quarterback in the NFL. From 2012 to 2015, Grigson drafted just three offensive linemen before round seven, and none of them were good. None of them were good. Quentin Nelson was not a Grigson pick. So you, you're gonna, if you're going to boo, and it was directed at Luck. You can't tell me that was directed towards just the situation in general. It was towards luck, and you should be booing Jim Irsay for keeping Grigson that long, and you should, being, you should be booing Grigson because they, again, this is a, it's going to be one of those documentaries, Lars, what if luck, what if the Colts drafted RG3 instead, although Washington probably would have broken too. But regardless, what if he was in a different situation? I mean, it makes you appreciate 
what Howie Roseman has built around Carson Wentz a whole lot more. I know Wentz has also suffered two injuries, but to have this offensive line as good as it is and how good it will continue to be if Andre Dillard looks as good as he has and the weapons, the supporting cast around him and the defense and the coaching, the support system for Carson Wentz. You know, if you're a Colts fan, you should have been, you should be like, why couldn't from the start they have had that set up for him? And the Eagles have that. So that's one thing. This Colts situation makes you really appreciate what Wentz has to work with in 2019 and beyond and what he's had to work with for sure. It's nuts though. I I did not see it coming. How a guy at 29 years old in the prime of his NFL career, who all of us can universally agree that he was back with how good of a season he had last year, coming back from a torn labrum in his shoulder when he couldn't play all of the the year before. And now to walk away, to walk away from a situation where I'm pretty certain that a lot of us, if the Indianapolis Colts made the Super Bowl this year, not a lot of us would be surprised. No, not at all. With the kind of roster that they've built. They were going to be a good team this year. It's like, why would you think Andrew Luck would have any sort of vanity in himself to leave that situation without something seriously wrong? Well, and people are, have a problem with the timing. It's like, for me, he this was something he just finally couldn't do. He was dealing with another injury, a calf injury. He was trying to rehab that now to get ready for the season, so... He was trying to get ready for this season. That's what finally changed his mind is that it was another injury, another setback, and he just couldn't do it. So that's the thing. He didn't do this on purpose. This wasn't a calculated thing. People were like, well, why couldn't he have retired at the start of the offseason? Because the injury happened. And allegedly the Colts knew about this. For a couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't know. He wasn't going to make a decision without really having his mind made up. It's tough, man. It, it is tough. It goes to show that a quarterback can carry you. For sure. It's why you want a guy like Carson Wentz, and you, you pay a guy like Carson Wentz, because you win because of that guy. But if he doesn't have, if he has as bad a supporting cast as Andrew Luck did, then it, it can come crumbling down. It can. Even for a guy as built as Andrew Luck, and as tough as he was, you know, 29 years old and he retires, you could have got another 10 years out of him. So I get the devastation, trust me, I do. But it just, it was not handled right at all, I think, by fans yesterday. Right, um, and people were going after Adam Schefter, too. It's not his fault. No, he's got fault it is, what is he has. Whoever, whoever the leaked leak, that yeah, info. Whoever leaked that Luck, because Luck wanted to announce it to his teammates, and it, it got, the timeline got pushed up to quote Adam Schefter. Don't blame Adam Schefter. Somebody else would have reported that if he didn't. Blame the, the tip inside the Colts organization that leaked this information. Uh, coming up. We're going to get an Eagles spin on this because, the, like I said, the Texans lost Lamar Miller yesterday too. The Eagles have a lot of running backs right now in this stable, and they're not going to be able to keep everybody. And also, Frank Reich, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, he's very familiar with Nate Sudfeld. Would he consider trading for Sudfeld behind Jacoby Brissett? How oh much would he you know, be willing to give up? How much would the Colts be willing to give up for him? We'll get into the Eagles spin. How can the Eagles help the AFC South, if they can at all? That's coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase and Lars Lewis. Guys, long day at work, still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app. Lars, I work overnights at radio, and I can't tell you how many times I've used DoorDash at 3 in the morning to get my Denny's fix, to get my Mickey D's fix, to the local shops as well. DoorDash has it all. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of DoorDash of over $15 when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's promo code LOCKDOWN, 
five bucks off your first $15 order. And Lars, I don't know about you, but whenever I order food, I can't stay under $15. So this is a good deal right now. Promo code locked on. <laughs> we'll be right That's back. Louis DiBiase. Easiest, easiest <laughs> bet you can ever win. Louis DiBiase and Lars Lewis don't go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Locked on Eagles, a Monday edition of the show, August 26th. We are, uh, what? So we're a little less than two weeks away. So we are under, we got 13 days now, Lars. We got 13 days until Case the Cucumber Keenum takes on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm excited for that. Did you come up with that yourself? No, I've, I've heard a couple people call him the Cucumber. I don't know why, but it just sounds funny. And a cucumber is not that intimidating. So. I don't know. He looked like a wilted twig against them two years ago. <laughs> That's right. How can the Eagles, Lars, help the AFC South? The Texans lost their starting running back. The Colts lose their face of the franchise. They're scrambling now. I mean, they're not scrambling per se because they have Jacoby Brissett, and he's going to be the quarterback this year. But they got to be scrambling for their long-term plan now because it's still up in the air what Jacoby Brissett is. And like we said, their roster is still pretty good. So they're not going to be bad enough this year to draft Justin Herbert or Tua or even Jake Fromm. To me, I still think with Brissett, they're going to compete for the playoffs. They're going to be in that AFC race. This is a four-man race even more so now than it was before. Yeah, it would be, what, Indianapolis, I mean, I think, Tennessee, I think Tennessee, Buffalo. Jacksonville. Oh, oh, just in the wild-card race in yeah, general. Yeah, the wild-card yeah. race. But even in the division, like that, that is too. up in the air now. With the, with the Texans losing their running back, and, I mean, they still have Duke Johnson, but, I mean, with the Colts, again, they're... They're not going to be picking one or two next year, at least I don't think, unless Brissett's an absolute disaster. But if he is a disaster, or he's not someone they want to go with long-term, Lars, the Eagles have a quarterback in Nate Sudfeld that Frank Reich coached in 2017. And he's someone that has taken step after step each offseason, if you ask me, and Sudfeld has shown improvement year after year. Reich knows him. Again, you're not going to get one of the best prospects in the draft this year. So do the Colts, I mean, look, you could try for maybe a Teddy Bridgewater. You could try trading for, a, I mean, a Ryan Tannehill, I guess, or, or maybe like a Winston or Mariota this year don't pan out and you take a flyer on one of those guys. But I think Nate Sudfeld would be someone they consider trading for. Would you, as the Eagles, be willing to trade for him and at what price? For me, I would mm. take, I, I think I mean, Sudfeld's going to want eventually to go compete somewhere. And while I think you could keep him as your backup for a while because there's no like obvious starting spot that'll be open for him, I think eventually he will want to go elsewhere that he knows he at least has a chance. So if I can get a fourth-round pick, I mean, I'd probably do that. Here's my concern. If you do trade Sudfeld before the start of the season, you now have Josh McCown as your backup. He was a pretty good backup, though, if you ask he me. He is. That's why I'm a little bit more like willing to do this. The- I'll elaborate a little bit. You do have Josh McCown as a really good backup, but it's obvious he's not coming back after this year. Fair. Yeah, he's 40. And then you have Kessler behind him. Well, he'll be cut. And he'll likely be cut. So Clayton Thorson? So then it'll be Thorson. So then that would leave you with this decision. If you're willing to trade Nate Sudfeld, who's been your project the last couple of years, who you want as your backup, and if you truly trust... Clayton Thorson to be the third string and the eventual backup for Wentz next year. But you could also draft somebody then, or bring somebody true. in. That's I mean, true. they've shown every you year gotta, they can bring a you guy gotta in. you got to know who you have in your roster right now because you can't look into the future and think, like, I'm okay who, with who's the now. quarterback they're going to take next year to, to maybe fill that void? you got to look at, it, can Thorson be the guy for next year so we don't have to worry about taking a quarterback next yeah, year? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll know that in 
by the time you that's what makes this kind of tricky is because you know that Wentz hasn't finished a full season since his rookie year since his rookie year and now you got a a 39 year old Josh McCown I think he's what 39 or 40 he's about he's 40 he's 40 you got a 40 year old backup you don't know you don't know exactly how far he can go. No, if, I know, but if Wentz even, somehow gets hurt. Yeah, even so, though, I'm still willing to take the chance if I can get like a, a late day two pick or an early day three pick. I would still do it just because even Nate Sudfeld, like who was Nate Sudfeld when he came to Philadelphia? I didn't. I've never heard of him before. He was someone that Washington waived coming out of Indiana. He wasn't someone they believed in a whole lot. The Eagles. I mean, look, he had raw ability. He has a big arm. He's six six. He can move more than people actually think. Um, and again, he has shown that he can be developed. He has improved dramatically over the past two seasons. But I think you got to trust that with what the Eagles have built for this this position, with how quarterbacks can prosper in this system, you got to think you'll find somebody through the draft, through Thorson improving, through McCown playing another year. Or, I mean, you never know when a Ryan Tannehill type of player is just going to, for one year, try to be a backup on a high-end team and try to improve himself until, like, I mean, again, I mean, it would be a crazy storyline, but imagine, like, a Marcus Mariota, right? There's just, he flames out with the Titans, although I don't think it'll happen, and, uh, you know, there's no starting spot open, and he comes to, like, a Philadelphia, and he's backing up. I mean, again, it'd be a wild story, considering we were willing to trade the, we thought we were willing to trade the farm for him, but I don't know. I just, I have confidence enough that if the Colts came to the Eagles willing to give up, like, a third or or fourth-round pick, uh, it would have to be at least a fourth, but I would probably be willing to do it. I'm just in the, for the Colts. It's like now you double down. You got Brissett, you got Sudfeld. Give it a year or two with this roster and Frank Reich. Yeah, see you got you a couple. Get, yeah. you got a couple young guys who you can. You, you see, got something. You know there. what you got out of yeah, them. You're not. You're not starting at level one. Yeah, you're not. You're not starting from scratch. Because again, I don't. I mean, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to pick that high. It really depends on. I just. I think with. I believe in Frank Reich and that system and the talent they have on both sides of the ball and the division and the conference they're in is wide open. I just can't see them now being suddenly. It's not like when they lost Peyton Manning, where now they're going to be a three and thirteen team. No, no, not at all. But regardless, I still think I think they'd be willing to trade for Sudfeld, and I would be very interested. Like I would. I would like to keep Sudfeld and see where this can go again but he knows he's capped out in Philly whereas with a team like the Colts present itself or he's got a chance yeah he at least he'd have a chance somewhere else and I think he'll eventually want to pursue that so you're really just playing with house money might as well recoup something for him now and if it's a decent pick like a fourth I'm on board I've I find that to be a solid argument I can I can get behind that if it's a if it's a fourth round pick for Nate Sudfeld and knowing, I think a big indication is how Thorson plays the last game. If Thorson's continuing to make these steps for each week, and he could be your third string, at least you have an emergency option. He'll give something to develop at least. If, if something catastrophic happened to Wentz and McCown, it's like, well, at that point you're like, just going to have to throw the season away, have to wait till next year. You can afford to trade Sudfeld. Because so many things have to happen in order for, you know, Plan Z to have to come into effect. So if you get a fourth-round pick, I can get behind it, and you can find somebody next year in the draft, whoever that may be. Or, again, you find a free agent flyer of, yes, you know, Fitzpatrick, know. Some, someone like that. No, again. I mean, no, 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 no. You know how that story goes. Hey, man. If Anywhere can... he goes, he ends up starting. Yeah, the Fitz voodoo is real. But he he's calculating. Am he chooses, I wrong? 
Am no, I wrong but there? he's ch- he's chosen. It's been calculated decisions. He's gone to places where, like, when was Fitz ever at a team that had a solidified quarterback? Nowhere is the answer. All right, mm-hmm. uh, before we wrap up this mm-hmm. segment and uh, we get to our final segment of the show, Houston lost Lamar Miller, and there are other teams that I think, like San Francisco, they've got Breida, McKinnon, and Coleman. Buffalo Bills have LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, and Devin Singletary. Like There are other teams that have deep backfields that I think Houston would be willing to talk to, maybe more so than the Eagles. But I think, look, I would, and we talked about it before the show, I would be very willing to trade Jordan Howard with how good Miles Sanders has been, with the kind of running back backfield I want, with the rotation I want. You with got Scrolls Corey Clement. still there, you got Corey Clement still. I would trade Jordan Howard to Houston, but the problem is... They already gave up a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. I doubt they give the Eagles a fourth for Howard, considering they already gave up a third for Johnson. And Howard's a free agent next year. So if you're the Eagles and you can't get like a fourth, is it worth a fifth or sixth this year? You'd rather have him part of your rotation and then recoup a comp pick next year, mm-hmm. if eligible. So Howard's not realistic, although I'd be willing to do it, and so would you. The guy I'm not willing to trade, though, like I wouldn't want to trade Corey Clement because, again, it would only be Well, for that wouldn't make guy. sense either because He's the only Duke guy Johnson is Corey Clement. Well, fair. And also, Clement's the only running back under contract outside of Miles Sanders after 2020. So, again, that's not worth giving up Clement for like a sixth-round pick. It's just yeah. not worth it for me. So, I don't think the Eagles could help Houston. I think they could help them by cutting Wendell Smallwood or Josh Adams and then Houston bringing in one of those guys to be the second guy or third guy in that stable with Duke Johnson. I could see that, but they're not going to trade for one of those players either because they know they can just wait out the Eagles for a week and they're not keeping six running backs. They might not even keep five. I think they will. And then, hey, here's a Josh Adams available now that led the Eagles in rushing last year and was really efficient in the middle of the season. And he's a young player, so... I think that's more so the likely scenario of how the Eagles could help them. I don't think Houston could help Philly. I right? just I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. But we had to talk about it because the Eagles have a, a deep fat, a deep backfield, and I would be very willing to do it. But they're not. Hey, they don't. They don't want Jordan Howard. I know. For, before we get to the, to the end of this segment, you want a wild idea? What about Melvin Gordon? If the Chargers trade his rights to Houston? Ooh, that is very interesting. Actually, well, he still would want a deal though. Houston would, be have to be willing, trade. Houston would have to be willing to look if you want if they want to pay Melvin Gordon, go right ahead. I think anyone is nuts to pay him more than the ten million dollars that I think the Chargers offered. So. Well, if you're that if, I mean you look at Houston, if you're that desperate and you know you got a championship window, that's something they, they may have to do. It would be interesting for sure. Look, if they don't pay Clowney, they'll have some money. <sighs> Can you imagine that offense? Yeah. Mm. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this show, get into how, look, this all of this affects the NFL now because we're only a week away, and when a team loses the face of their franchise, it's one less team the Eagles might have to worry about playing in the Super Bowl this year if they make it. So it uh, definitely has a ripple effect around the NFL. Great. We'll wrap Gotta up this edition again. of Locked On Eagles coming up next. Louis DiBiase and Lars Lewis, don't go anywhere. Gentlemen, there comes a time where you might need a little boost when you like to enjoy some quality time with your partner. And Blue Chew is here to help. Blue Chew is the first chewable male enhancement product with the same FDA active ingredients found in the leading brands. Blue Chew is prescribed online and is shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So that means no in-person doctor's visit, no embarrassing looks from your neighbors, and best of all, no more awkwardness in your most vital situations. 
They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than getting it at the pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when using our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Eagles. All right, everybody, welcome back. Louis DiBiase, Lars Lewis, this is the Locked On Eagles podcast. So, Lars, we literally took like a three-second break. I checked Twitter real fast. and What happened? We just talked about it in the segment before. Could the Eagles help out the Houston Texans? We'd be willing to trade Jordan Howard, but it wouldn't be the right picks. It wouldn't make sense for really either side. I wouldn't really want to trade Clement. They could maybe get one of the guys that we cut eventually in Wendell Smallwood or Josh Adams. None of it's going to happen. Well, you know what? They indirectly helped them. Yeah, because of a former Eagle. The Houston Texans have just signed, as we are recording the podcast, Jay Ajayi to pair up with Duke Johnson. And let me tell you, that's better than anything the Eagles could have offered that's not Miles Sanders. Because if you ask me, Lars, when healthy, Jay Ajayi over Jordan Howard. I love the combo of Ajayi and, and Duke Johnson if they can stay healthy. And that's a huge if, especially with Jay Ajayi. But when he was healthy in 2017 with Philadelphia, he was instrumental to that run after Wentz went down, how efficient he was down the stretch. He was a beast. He was huge in that Rams game against Oakland to secure the bye at home, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and then against the Falcons, against the Vikings, against the Patriots, he was Mr. Efficient. Houston got a good one. I'm surprised he lasted this long on the open market. The concerns about the injuries are real, but... Actually, it really worked out for him. This is the best situation that he could have possibly imagined, I would think. Well, that just threw out the last four minutes of our second segment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it uh, goes to show how fast the NFL goes. Yeah, I mean, and we were going to kind of get into how this really affects the NFL in general. And, you know, you look at the AFC South now, it is wide, stinking open. It was before, but I feel like, Lars, the Colts were clearly the favorite around the league. I think that was the consensus. Now, though... Houston, with that backfield I really like, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis. You know, this is – and it also is – it adds another team that could potentially need a quarterback because there aren't that many right now that are unhappy with their situation. Next year there could be a couple more teams, and the Colts could be one of them. So that's the other thing, too, is it does add another team in the the hunt for a signal caller, for sure. But – yeah, that uh, the AFC is even more even now than it was before. It is not like the, the NFC, you, you know who the really, really good teams are going to be. The AFC, you know the Chiefs, you know the Patriots. I mean, and I really like the Chargers, but it is such a chaotic like battle royale in that conference. More so in the NFC, right, I would say. I mean, the NFC, is it's got a lot of good teams, but I don't know. The AFC, there's just so many teams that are almost at even strength. Yeah. There's just not a lot of clear contenders. There's just a lot of wild card teams there. Well, when the you Colts look at, now are in that hunt. Let's say you look at the last five years. Who have been the two best teams in the AFC? It's been Pittsburgh and New England. Now it's like New England, Kansas City, and then everything else is a coin flip. Whereas the NFC, you go Saints, Eagles, Rams. I could go Falcons. Bears. I could go Bears. I could go Packers. Look, if Kirk Cousins ever decides he wants to beat a good team, I could I think the Vikings. NFC is way more wide open than the AFC. I'm a believer in the Panthers. 
Seattle even, although they've lost so much talent. I mean, San Fran. Like, the AFC, I could do this too with them. There's a lot of teams that are solid on paper, but they're just just not at the same – they don't have the same ceiling, I think. And now, like, I feel like the AFC South is a perfect representation of that. It's just four teams that – like, they're, they're going to be in the wild card race, and one of them have to win the division, mm-hmm. and there's some upside with each team, but with luck being gone now, like, that is just such an open division right. and such an open conference. When you look at that, if Andrew Luck is still playing in Indianapolis and you have that roster, that could be the third power in the AFC along with Kansas City and New England. I agree. Yep. But now since Indianapolis doesn't have Andrew Luck anymore, they get put into the pile of a bunch of teams that it can contend to get into the wild card, get into the divisional round. But let's be real. A Jacoby Brissett-led Colts team, or right now with the offensive line woes of Houston, regardless, I mean, I think J.J. is a good signing, as you said, because I think he complements Duke hold, Johnson wait, really well. Lars, I think we were just uh, – so I, Al Michaels said it, but – John McClain now of the Houston Chronicle is saying that he's told the Texans have not signed Jay Ajayi. Mm. And McClain's been there for decades. I mean, that's the leading voice of Houston football. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it looks like McClain. So, okay, so, I mean, where did Al Michaels get that from? I don't know. But to, to that go would back. Might, they should do that, though. That would make sense. I mean, we just. I would we, say so. Yeah, I think that would. I think that should be the move, though. So that should happen. Well, if something got leaked, there might be some truth to it. Yeah, maybe he knows it's about to happen. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. But we'll, something we'll to monitor on later yeah, on. It's something to monitor later on. But regardless, I think the point being is that yeah, this with the Colts just makes the NFL once again just Chiefs, I mean, Pats, and everyone else in the yeah, AFC. Yeah, it seems like it. And then in the NFC, there, I mean, there's a lot of real good teams. But I mean, it takes it definitely takes a team out of that top tier that we thought. They were going to be with the Colts. Now they're going to be a team fighting for the wild card and fighting for a weaker AFC South division. That's very even, but it's definitely not like very, right. if, very if, potential. Yeah, if luck driven. played, they would be the clear cut favorite. Yeah. All right. Well, Lars, I think that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. The uh, hopes to trade a running back to Houston, I guess, is still alive. We'll keep an eye on that situation. I don't know. I'm seeing conflicting reports on Twitter right now, so it's shaky. won't overreact to either one. But either way, we'll keep an eye on that. Make sure you subscribe. We got four, five more podcasts this week on any podcast platform or on the desktop, LockedOnEagles.com. And the conversation always continues on Twitter, at LockedOnBirds, at DiBiaseLoe, and at LarsLewis12. And we got one more preseason game to get to the infamous traditional Eagles-Jets. All right, that's going to do it. Lars Lewis, Louis DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And and let's let's go go birds. Birds.